unanimous decision tonight. The words that rock the world. And no! As Jeff Horn shocks Manny Pacquiao. The biggest black eye for the AFL, with players and officials guilty of mindless violence. Meanwhile, the Blues put their faith in an energy healer for the state of origin decider. Queensland say DCE ripped just a load of hogwash. A night of knockouts for Aussies at Wimbledon and cycling legend Phil Anderson wears the guest jersey to chat Tour de France. You can run, but you can't hide. This is Backpage Live. What a win for Australia. So much sport, so little time. They continue to speak before they think. I'll be about as relaxed as Jeff Benick in a spelling bee. People costume his job. All about the fans and what brings kids back. One of Australia's biggest rivalries. Sport doesn't stop and neither do we. Yes, hello everybody and a huge welcome. So much to get to tonight, as you can see. Good issues, great action. So well, let's get on with it. Welcome Kelly Underwood and Rod Crash Credit. Hello to both of you. Love to have your company. And on this side, Mr. Jules Schiller and Adam Spencer. Hello. Hello. Great to be here, Welcome. Buddy. Looking very, very good. Jeff Horn. look, he says he climbed Mount Pacquiao. He's right and now he stands at the summit. The new WBO welterweight champion of the world. Crash, this was a phenomenal moment in Australia, in world sport, really, wasn't it? It was brutal, it was beautiful. What was it like to be there? Well, Tony, can I honestly say I've never covered a more inspiring performance by an Australian sportsman. Wow. Really wow. Oh, well, well, I just think that, I mean, Cathy Freeman was great, but she was sort of born to run. You know what I mean? Steve Waugh was sort of born to bat. And Adam Scott, you know, son of a professional. Are you telling me? Really? A, a, a scrawny 16-year-old kid from McGregor High School who'd never lifted on a glove until he was 16, bashful, still a bit dorky, yep. can do this. I mean, I went to the after party just to see what he was like, and he went back to being sort of like the school teacher. Like, he was saying these lovely little lines to people came up. Yeah, it was great atmosphere, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. He wasn't wearing a white tracksuit with bling at all. <laughs> like, that. But little eyes like, oh, man, he's very tough, isn't he? Oh, he's a strong boxer. Like, <laughs> no tattoos, but that's the sweetness of the kid. I stand here today saying I can't believe it happened. Amazing, amazing. That's exactly right. I mean, he's not to do... He, he can't beat Manny Pacquiao. Nobody can't beat Manny Pacquiao. The word or... underdog doesn't do Correct. justice to what anyone who understood the fight... And they said, Horn's tough yep. and hopefully won't get too badly hurt. And why'd even put one on him? But yep. no one, no one in their wildest dreams was calling this. And especially after the first six rounds, Pacquiao's a long way behind and having to fight his way back. And the horn was all over him at the start. Yep, yep. But you know what? I remember talking to him about a month ago. I said, if you win this fight... Why? What will be the secret? And he said, I'm awkward, mate. I'm from outside boxing. I've got my own style. Everyone thinks they can beat me. Everyone wants to fight me. He said, but I had no boxing hero. I didn't follow anyone. I'm hard to follow myself. Yeah. Manny Pacquiao was kind of like the media conference last week. He didn't arrive till 45 minutes late. <laughs> uh, by that stage, it was too late. He was all over it. And I love the fact he drove for the fight in a 2002 Toyota Camry. <laughs> <laughs> he might have made the fight because he got a canary. Imagine that. <laughs> I just... it, it is. I mean, it's the classic rag to riches storyline isn't yeah. it and he became an instant millionaire in the matter of hours and that's why boxing I think appeals to so many people because they're never privileged kids that have you know been given everything mm. in life I mean Manny was a street kid himself so yep. it's always overcoming adversity and the storyline that resonated with me was mm. 
I was bullied at school. Yeah. And, I mean, he's just proved himself back to those bullies, hasn't he? And, and it's just mm. that whole boxing, Cinderella story, overcoming adversity. They're fighters, all of them. Yeah. That's, that's why they're there, because they're pure fighters. Absolutely. They were absolutely going off at the Noosa Surf Club where I watched it. They believed completely that he won. Others didn't. Now, American commentator Teddy Atlas, he was among the most outspoken when the decision came down. They gave a trophy, a win, a huge win to Horn, the local kid, for trying hard. You're not supposed to get it for trying hard. You're supposed to get it for winning. And I thought Pacquiao won the fight. If you go by the real rules, the Marcus of Queensberry rules, who lands the cleaner punches? No, disagree. Teddy, no, you've got to disagree. Well, I watched it again last night, and everyone agrees Pacquiao was rubbish for the first six yeah. rounds. Horn had to win five of them. I reckon he won the last. There's six. If he won one of the others, yeah. uh, he, he wins the fight. Mm. Look, do you know what? There was hysteria in America, and it was really unwarranted. If Pacquiao got there, he got there by that. If Horn got there, he got there by that. And we all agree it was tight. But this rubbish about shameful decision, it's a joke. That was rubbish are, itself. Are they reacting to that because they never really rated Jeff Horn in the first place, do you think? Well, do you know what journos do? And I've done it a million times myself. We protect our previews. We say, oh, this kid's chopped liver. And then we look for reasons why he should have been chopped liver. And the other thing is, and we do this as well, I'm guilty of it too, People hate seeing a champion beaten by a no-name. Yeah. When Muhammad Ali got beaten late yeah. in his career, yep. the world cringed. Roger we Federer all did. Getting beaten, Federer. You feel uncomfortable, yep. unless they're one of your own. You and do. Yeah. In America, he's lived there, Pacquiao. They yeah. love him, you yeah. know. Yeah, well, Teddy didn't worry about that, Teddy Atlas. He decided to make it all about Teddy. So even trying to basically to tell Jeff Horn after the fight that he hadn't really won. There's a congratulations, great effort. I thought you lost. But great effort. I thought this guy was landing the punches. You were throwing a lot that were missing. He went on like that for five minutes. He'd be a great marriage celebrant, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I think she's good too good for you. Yeah. Yeah. It'll last a year. Yeah. <laughs> You've both got my best wishes. At least one of you could do a lot better. But, <laughs> <laughs> but Tony, your point was a good one, where you said money texting at the press conference. Yep. It was just... And Horn said later, he said, would he have done that when he was fighting Floyd Mayweather? Yeah. No, he wouldn't. He yeah. underestimated him. He, he just took... Even walking to the ring, he was smiling and happy. I, I swear to you, he underestimated him. And the him. reality for anyone who's, who's on the Pac-Man side in this, if he's fought 59 wins, 38 by knockout, and he must know after the first few rounds, I'm in trouble here, mm. you've still got the bulk of a fight to put a guy who's a massive underdog, yep. knock him out. You've got it in the repertoire. He didn't yeah. have it on the day. You just cannot yeah. well, dispute any judge who calls it a fight. Right. He hasn't had it in the repertoire for eight years. He hasn't put somebody yep. down. Yep. That was the thing for him uh, on that fight. Because Horn, let's have a look at him. He, he was happy, very happy man yesterday. Sure, his face did look like a busted knee, but there was a sparkle in his one good eye. Look, there's always going to be the backlash where people are going to say, I got lucky or... Whatever. Uh, there's always going to be the naysayers saying that I, I didn't win the fight, but I felt like I won the fight. I think everyone, a lot of Queenslanders think I won the fight and people around the world. So you're always going to have a select few that are going to be against you. That damage you see there to the eye, that was basically what happened in the ninth round, the famous ninth round. This will go down, won't it, in history. This is oh, where yeah. Manny Pacquiao came out and absolutely got on top for these moments. He was so close to going over Horn, and this, to me, you know, makes adds romance to the tale, but it's worthwhile noting that he only won the round 10-9 because Horn didn't go down. So, for all his endeavour in that round, 
Pacquiao won one round. And, and that sort of coloured everyone's thinking a bit. It was a rocky moment, wasn't it? It was mm, like yeah. watching a real, like, rock, Rocky with $3 plastic Bunnings chairs around <laughs> the ring, which, which you enjoyed for $4,000 seats, but that $3 was the chairs. <laughs> that was the moment. The fight could have stopped right there. Uh, there was a referee was thinking he was exactly that. He went to Horn's Corner at the end of that round. Have a listen. I'm here to protect you, OK? He's I think alive. you had enough. He's oh, He did go on to show him. Something. I love the Aussie trainer going, he's all right. He's all right. But he said, we thought in the early rounds, Pacquiao was trying to rope a dope by putting his hands up here and saying, oh, come at me, I'll, sp I'll get you spent and I'll get you late. Yep. But it, we could see the frustration. There was a defining moment when Pacquiao went like, this with his gloves, you could say, I'm getting frustrated, I can't yeah. hit this kid. Yeah. There was a, another thought, this happened on social media, this photo of Horn after the fight was enough evidence that Pacquiao had, had won it, but I completely disagree. <laughs> 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 totally, totally disagree. There's a few wonky eye jokes yeah. going around tonight that I, for one, am not very comfortable <laughs> with. Okay? We're talking about Horn. Horn's, Horn's future is terrific. Manny Pacquiao, he's talking about maybe there will be a rematch, but he's a very busy man, Jules. Well, yeah, everyone's saying, because he's a senator. It was a yeah. senator versus yeah. a teacher, yeah. which is a hugely attractive yeah. promo. Uh, and people are saying, is he going to be a senator? Is he going to be a fighter? I say he should join the Ukrainian parliament because you can do both. <laughs> 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 and the funny thing is, the Australian senate isn't far off. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a guy walking around with a bunch of roses. Like they hand it to the winner. That's fantastic. Uh, I love it. There you go, Manny Pacquiao. There is your future right there. Right, still with punching, uh, this time of the cowardly variety. In Melbourne's Thomas Bug has copped six weeks for his off-the-ball hit on Sydney's Callum Mills. This was a, a shocking bit of work, uh, and he knew it as soon as he hit him, uh, and I guess everybody watching knew that this is sort of going to be the result, Kel. Well, Tony, I mean, it's thuggery, isn't it? There's no other way to describe it. So far off the ball and absolutely brutal and an example to every player. I mean, in this modern day, when you know there are so many cameras on you, what on earth makes you think that you can get away with it? In fact... I've sort of reflected on this. I don't even understand what makes you, no matter how angry or how much you can Well, how snap, many cameras are there? Yeah, that prompts you to actually clench your fist and do that to another human being. I can't, obviously can't get my head around that. But uh, given what we've been talking about in the last week or so, with the boxing on, we've seen Danny Green everywhere with that whole one-punch campaign. We heard Brent Staker and Barry Hall get together last week for the first time and talk about that incident. And yeah. Barry Hall admitting he could have killed him. So it's sort of been at it's... the forefront and then a player goes and yeah. does that. It's ironic that we've just been talking about the beautiful brutality of that fight, and we, <laughs> we moved straight on to this. But he was remorseful immediately after when he spoke in the rooms, but he's also this evening. Here's what he had to say after the tribunal. Uh, he did accept my apology. Um, I've, I'm very close with Angus Brayshaw, and he's been through um, concussions. Um, so I see how it affects the family. So my call to Callum was very genuine in, in, um, to see that if he was OK and his family was um, travelling OK. Yeah, there you go. So he was showing some remorse. What the bizarre thing was that he actually got the free kick after that because Tom Papley pushed him over. Oh, yes. Tom Papley got a little bit aggressive in saying, I really wish I hadn't punched my mate directly in the face. It was a fascinating turn of events. Adam, six weeks, fair? Yeah, completely fair. If, if he'd got a tiny bit more, he couldn't complain. Yeah. If it had been less than that, that would have been hard, uh, yeah, a hard decision to justify. Six is about right. And the, the judgment that's been put upon him by the footballing community also 
you wear that for quite a while longer. There weren't many people coming out of his defence in any way. Yeah. There was discussion caused from that immediately about the notion of a red card system, given that Callum Mills, he's out, the Swans for the rest of that game don't have access to, they have access to one fewer player. Why does Melbourne get the advantage? Yeah, I think it's... it's the AFL needs a mechanism to send a player off. Every sport has one. It's ridiculous, because as you say, it's the teams that um, the Swans... Are sorry, that Melbourne are playing, you know, in the next three or four rounds that get the advantage. And what if Bugger hit someone else? I mean, not saying he would, but if that... Ha there needs to be a mechanism for an umpire to send a player off. It happens in lower leagues. I, I think I think AFL's work fine. It, it happens in lower leagues because there's a chance of just random thuggery. There's not much of that at the elite level. The bigger issue for me is it's it's ridiculous in that situation, yep. especially if the AFL take head knock seriously, that the Swans are without Callum Mills. Now, the AFL had a sub-rule for a while. It didn't work. Everyone cheated with it. It was a bit silly, so they scrapped it as a whole. I don't understand why the sub-rule isn't. If you fail a concussion test, you're replaced. Any time in the game, you just have a couple of emergencies there. If someone fails a concussion test, if you, if you risk a hammy, bad luck, that's the way it goes. If you, if you push... A, but, but head knocks almost always involve another player if the AFL's serious about it and you don't want any grey zone of going, look, he might be all right, send him back out. If you fail a concussion test... Mm. You get a sign. It's a good idea. I like that better than the red card because the red card's got a bit of grey area. Sure, you can use video technology. What's grey about that? They no players off in there. World no, that was, blatant. That yeah. was absolutely blatant. But, but it's rare, OK? So what about Basha Hooley the week before? Red card. That's a red card. Right. They, they send players what off in World two Cup players finals. Are, like we saw in that grand final in 2004 when Wakelin and Lynch were punching on together. I mean, ha how do you decipher what is, what is a clear no, no. red card and what's not? Well, somewhere a, an, an act of foul play reduces the other team by one player. If one player can't continue, well, that player who you know, perpetrated the act, he's got to go as well. I like the concussion idea. Do you? You always like his ideas yeah. more than my ideas. No, I like her too. I like yeah. pretty much everything yeah. she says. I like your ideas. Yeah. Thank you. You like my ideas. Have one, but I like it's one. Not a, <laughs> it's not a good look when uh, even senior officials get involved in cheap shots. Now, this is AFL diversity manager oh. Ali Fahua in a local footy match. Bang, he goes in, chases the next guy. This is just a shocking thing to happen Oh, in it's sickening, isn't it? And the last thing you need is someone that's meant to be setting an example and their role is leadership and inclusion and diversity, doing something like that on the web. Weekend. Look, he made a mistake. He got on the front foot. You know, he said that he, he shouldn't have done it in the first place. But um, he's a repeat offender. He, he's been involved in an incident similar... Not necessarily similar to that, but a, a, an incident nonetheless five or so yeah. years ago. So I think the tribunal deals with him tomorrow night. Yeah. The AFL's waiting to see what happens there. Well, they diversity... Take some action. Diversity manager. I mean, obviously, the game needs a range of players, good and thugs. <laughs> <laughs> Clever gamesmanship or outside the spirit of the game? What do we make of Nick Revolt milking a 50-metre penalty? This is a crucial stage of the, of the win over Fremantle. Here he's giving the ball to me. He's the one who didn't get the free. Throws the ball, gets out of the way. I, I had a real problem with that. It is hard enough to umpire AFL as it is. They are as tired and as fatigued as anyone in a yep. game that's open to interpretation with minutes to go for a decorated player like that to, not, to, to ask for the ball and then it's thrown so accurately to him that he has to move to get out of the way. That was cheap. It showed no confidence in his own player who had a 25-metre shot as it was. Embry, yeah. It doesn't... It's, it's... I would, I'd have no trouble if he was up before the tribunal this week oh, ask, so asking... How does that not bring the game into disrepute? It, it, That's it's not blatant. classy. He's a it's role cheating. model. He's a role model and statesman of the game. And anyone watching that at a pub will say that's that's as close to cheating as you can possibly get. It, I mean, it's, it's sneaky, not. isn't it? He, he sucked the umpire in. He sucked the Fremantle player in. It was a bit smart-arsey. It's almost like the smart-ass kid at school. Mm, I, that's yep. how I saw it. And 
I thought it was a bit of a bad look and probably a... poor sportsmanship. Will he play a future price with umpires? Like, you know how, like, Lindsay Thomas used to dive and half the time, he, you know, yeah. no-one could tell. Like, will there be well, I mean, a this second... Is, but this is a one-off incident for a player who's okay. played well over a decade and is highly yeah. respected yeah. in the game. So, put it this way, if Nick Revolt finishes his career this year, he's not going to be remembered for that no, incident. it's a one-off. But uh, it, it wasn't a good look. No, agreed. All right, we've uh, seen pressure before in the coach's box with their come-from-behind win over Essendon. No one, the Lions coach Chris Fagan had his moments. I don't think the coach was all that impressed. With... <laughs> 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 he nearly kicked. He's gone. We've lost him. I didn't collapse, mate. I was a bit annoyed about something that happened, so I squatted down to swear loudly. Very smart, Johnny Longmaster. Yeah, you, they capture everything, don't they? <laughs> no? No, that's all it was, mate. I didn't pass out or anything. Because <laughs> you see, because John Longmire's perfected the hand above the lip. Oh dear, I didn't particularly yeah. agree with that interpretation <laughs> of the rule. So you can only imagine what he must have been saying if he has gone down below the deck <laughs> to share his thoughts with those around him. And good on him. Seven points down in the yeah. last quarter, and to come uh, back and win it. We've spoken about yep. Chris Fagan and the Brisbane Lions and the pickle that they've got themselves in over the last decade. That's the first bit of real personality yeah. that we've seen from him. I was know. in the rooms after crash, raw emotion, euphoria. Yep. You don't often see it from a winning coach these days. That was brilliant. Yeah, it's great. And he's the same age as Tony and I, and I always reckon I'd last... 32. (laughs) (laughs) We would last a week under that pressure. So I, I admire him so much. But he's done smart little things up there that I quite admire. One of them was when the team had a horrendous loss. You know where he ended up? He went behind the front desk. And he said to the girls, you'll get a lot of abuse today, the phones. Here's what you said, the coach said to him, all right? And they had an alibi. Like, they said, this is what Chris said to tell you. Like, I mean, that's a mature coach. Mm-hmm. I like the way, I like his imprint on the club. We. Yeah, we're hitching my wagon to your staff. And, and you know who else was born in our year? <laughs> Tom, uh, what's his name? George Clooney. <laughs> and Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to us, mate? Well, yeah. <laughs> you can't tell the four of well, you apart. <laughs> 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 I really why thought this why through, is Tom you? Cruise hosting the show again? <laughs> Bits of Tom Cruise face like 23. All right, Richmond are travelling well at the moment, but their long-suffering fans have had plenty of practice at losing over the years. So maybe you can understand them going the full gloat when they win. Mm. Absolutely sticking oh, it to the port fans. So the guy at the front there, see that? Now you see... Richmond last won a flag in 1980, which was the last time that dance move was popular. <laughs> and good on him for bringing it back. These are South Australian Richmond fans. So they were at the game in 2014, elimination final, when Richmond decided to kick, kick against the wind and they were seven goals down in about seven seconds. It's seen as the worst call since the decision to make a sequel to Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> good on you, Tigers. I love it. All right, we know that uh, hair care is very, very important in modern football. So what is the penalty for destroying a bloke's man Bun. Have a look at this. Oh, yeah. it comes. You see the hair tie going down to the ground. Yeah, you can't touch a man's scrunchie. No. <laughs> That's high. It's intentional. It's in, it's clearly intentional, weeks. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he throws it away. Where's the scrunchie protection? Red card. Uh, there is. I do love it. All right, Sam Mitchell has all the skills, so we see it on the park every weekend. But this from training is a little bit special. How about that? And through oh, show me the that. stick. Why Just enjoy you... showing me that because he's ex-Hawthorne. Yeah. <laughs> it's like showing me a picture of my ex-wife who's good-looking. She goes out with a paediatrician and, you know, 
Stop it, Joe. Stop it. Just rubbing it in. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be all right. She doesn't, actually. She doesn't. The old wiggles having a hug. All right. Against the other trick kicks we've seen at training. Have a look at this one. Now, this is Stephen Motlop. I love this one. Oh, yeah. This is a little ripper, isn't it? That is absolute gold. This kick at Swan's training session down, not just through the sticks, but... Into the, into the bucket. Oh, nice. You've got to love that. Uh, Jared Hayne from behind the trial line, curving the back round through the posts, uh, which is quite brilliant. Cooper Cronk at basketball uh, through and through the hoop. It's brilliant. This doesn't really pass as a kick, but still. No. Yes, it's good. Straight through. Gareth Bale, once again. Oh, oh no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, good, and he's so cool about it. Yeah. Yeah, nothing to see here. Finally, uh, look, who needs kicking tea? Gets the ball down, spins up, and the backflip. Oh! Oh, wow. wow. How good is that? Deserves one more look. And over it goes. Brilliant. <laughs> and the song tone is sung by? Uh, pilot. No, pilot. The Scottish band. Yeah. Oh, they were, they were yeah. All the same year as you. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> they were very big 54 years ago. <laughs> we're not both showing your age. He's showing your age. Don't ask I, I didn't you? realise Tom Cruise was 65. <laughs> wow. Boom. Hey, Red card. And just big, by the way, has anyone seen my teeth? Yeah. <laughs> big event at the SCG uh, this Saturday, Adam. Absolutely. The Swans take on the Gold Coast, and it's the annual Red Kite Day. Mm -hmm. So, hashtag Red Day. The Swans have a long association with the good people at Red Kite who provide financial assistance for kids and adults on the cancer journey. You can buy this very tasty little headband wow. and watch the annual Red Kite Football Festival superstars on the SCG showing off their skills, not unlike no. that little video compile you just yeah. showed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and not unlike what happened when you played... Uh, was it last yeah, year? Last you might have some vision here. Yeah, I didn't you point out we had already won. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> there we having a bit of fun. <laughs> just giving the crowd something to laugh at. There's cameras everywhere. Yeah. 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 I haven't filled in that divot yet. It's the Adam Spencer pocket. He played on Humphrey B. Bear that year and didn't yeah. get a touch. No, it was great. Jules, now you've carried a shoulder injury, I think, into the show, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I've got a slightly sore, sore I, shoulder. I, I, I think um, we can find the exact moment uh, on a little show no. called Bounce. Uh, here he goes. Uh, uh, <laughs> 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 no, I did my shoulder. Yes, it was on Fox Fox oh, yeah, out. Um, but very similar to Thurston in Origin 2, I carried on. Yeah, you <laughs> Actually, not. He didn't have to read an auto cue, so. <laughs> All right. Uh, no changes for the Blues. No Daly Cherry Evans for Queensland. The teams for the State of Origin decider are locked and loaded. Uh, the anticipation for this game, Crash, is absolutely immense. It's enormous. I've got to admit, I thought Cherry Evans would be there. Yep. And the fact that he's not only enhances this mystery about him. Will he ever play again? Does he fit in? Because my theory has always been with this, the senior players in that Queensland team, when it's the key choice, they get the man they want. If they had have said, we want Cherry Evans, 100% he would be in that team. Well, 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 well on form, you're right, DC. He yep. should be there. He's playing brilliant footy. Look, Kevin Walters... Yep. He's having none of this whole debate. He's blamed it on the evil media. Have a listen to what he had to say. That these rumours and, and nonsense, hogwash was the word I used this morning, about him not fitting into the Maroons' setup, couldn't be further from the truth. I just want to put that to bed fairly and squarely. Uh, when, you, when you wear the Maroons' jumper, you're a part of, of a great team and a great family. And he's worn that jumper 
extremely well in the past and if he keeps playing the way he is, he'll wear it again next year. With all due respect, that's hogwash, isn't it? <laughs> so he, he, there's three reasons you don't play Origin. One, you're just not good enough. We accept he is good enough to play mm, in some... Mm. Two, either you don't fit into the team because just the way you play doesn't fit, or as a person, the group just is not the better for your being there. Yep. What is it with DC? Is it a personality primarily thing or is it B the and a little Primarily B and a little bit of C. Like, uh, Cliff Lyons, the old manly drifter, mm. who was a real contra, spoke about Cherry Evans today. And it was the same reason. When Cliffy was playing for Manly, everyone knew where to go because yeah. the club players played with him every week. Cherry Evans, the same. The Manly boys worked beautifully around him. In State of Origin, they struggled. So they're worried about it. Yeah. Look, I like Daly Cherry Evans uh, as a person. I think he's terrific and as a player. As a New South Wales supporter, I'm glad he's not playing. Because Why? He, because he's playing brilliant football mm. and he could control it and he's the right man for the job. But he ain't there. For the first time since <laughs> 1996, New South Wales will feel, feel the same team for all three origins. They do have to uh, get some injury concerns out of the way f uh, first, particularly to Boyd Cordner and Tyson Frizzell. Frizzell is the most likely. He, of course, is a man who did some damage to JT in Origin 2. But since 1996, when New South Wales won that, of course, first time crash. Yeah, they look very nervous to me, I've got uh, to say. Just yeah. <laughs> Body language hey, expert. didn't even have to put a pilchard on the hook. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, great effort by them. And uh, this is the game that the competition needed. It really is. It'll shape the careers of both coaches. Uh, it'll be farewell. We don't know how many Queenslanders will leave. I sensed it'll be Cooper Cronk's last game, Billy Slater's last game. Cooper's such a private guy that it was always a feeling that he was going to pull the pin but didn't want to rain on Jonathan Thurston's parade when Thurston was there. So we'll, we'll wait and see what happens there. And Boyd Cordner using the tantric healer, the energy healer, to try to get his calf injury repaired. You, mm. We like this idea. Is he going to tackle people really slowly and not <laughs> let go for ages until it gets awkward? <laughs> it's it's tantric eyes. tackling. Just... <laughs> yeah, I, did, I did see a bit of the tantric energy healing thing and someone else was saying, oh, he must have read the Karma Sutra. Can I just point out, they are two different disciplines. But <laughs> very different... I've been told. I've never seen that explanation before, though, that he had a, quote, electrical blockage. Like, it's almost if what's he going to go... Yeah. <laughs> out in the field, there first guy he touches. <laughs> we talked about AFL and there being some cheap shots going around at the moment. Mm. It doesn't happen in rugby league. A little bit. Happens a little bit. This is from the Super League uh, with Jamie Acton. This is completely unforgivable. Greg Bird's in the red. He's gone down playing for Catalans. He's unconscious. Oh. And the pick up and shove yeah. down. Eight weeks at minimum he's likely to get. It's just a yep. disgusting act, isn't it? Terrible. It's his fourth major disciplinary breach this season. Yep. Absolutely disgrace. That's what people hate about rugby league. I mean, we love it, but, but when the mums blow up, that's exactly what it's for. Greg Bird was warned for punching early in the game. So there was a bit of history there. It was a rough and tumble game. But, man, oh, man, when a guy's on his back, the golden rule, everyone knows mm. it. You just don't, don't touch them. Uh, the weekly obsession of trying to take home a ball continues at the baseball. <laughs> <coughs> now, this fella... It's one of the most determined we've seen this year. Here's the ball. Look, if you fall into the playing arena, obviously you're ejected from the play. So he's got... They're hanging oh. on to him. He's so close. Oh, no. So close. Oh. I almost got this. I got this. And then this guy gives it to somebody else completely. So he, off he goes. thing is, it, it's not over there. Obviously very disappointed, the entire family. Uh, the ball comes back again. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, oh. here he is, same oh. guy. Uh, come, on. <laughs> come on, big guy, you can do it. Come on. Oh. The same oh. yeah, so disappointing. Give it to me. Come on, I'm the same guy from before. Oh. But 
No. In, in many ways, that sums up my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> Reaching almost there. <laughs> just snatching it away. Rob. Still to come, Aussie cycling pioneer Phil Anderson joins us. All the action from <clears throat> Wimbledon, plus the golfer's mum who was thrown into the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it is all on again. Now, last week we were raving about uh, the good times for Australian tennis. <laughs> this week, it's all over. Uh, mighty slip-up on the Wimbledon grass. Nick Kyrgios looked fabulous uh, for his first-round match, but recurring injuries forced him out of the game. Hasn't been a great start, Kel. No, it wasn't a Did great like... look either, was it? The long white knickerbockers, oh, are they? I'm not sure about yeah, that. Got Nick. the Nike swoosh on the knees. Yeah, right. look, I, I watched this. Tony looked like he'd rather be anywhere else in the world and just no power in the hip and... Uh, he, he couldn't put sort of any weight on it at all, so obviously he lasted, hung in there for the two first sets before pulling the pins. So, on a, an evening which wasn't great for Aussies, no. what we lost our all four who were. Uh, yeah, still out there. plenty of action tonight, but I guess the main one was Ash Barty. She looked a really tough draw for she her. She had a brilliant lead in, she winning did. in Birmingham on grass yeah, and yep. looking good. She's been playing great for some time yep. now, and then, of course, it was fifth seed, wasn't it? And her six, yeah, Spitalina, yeah. yeah. So her ranking's up to a career high in the 50s, but Spitalina was the fourth seed. So she had her chances. She led 5 3 in the opening set, couldn't close it out, and she saved five match points in the second, so I had the chance to send it into a third set. So for her now, it's all about doubles with Casey Delacqua. Yeah, well, they can they finally break through and get that win? They get the every, yeah, all the finals and just don't get the win at all. And the cock. The cock is playing uh, Thanasi, yeah, who's been on this show. Mm. Yep. Lovely guy, Adelaide boy. He's our only male hope, I think, at this stage. Yeah, that'd be good. Look, it's going to be a tough event for Venus Williams, isn't it? Now, she was overcome with emotion speaking after her first-round win. Talk turned, of course, to that the shock and the uh, fatal car accident that she was involved in. She became too emotional and, and had to leave. She'd won that first round. She had, and you, I mean, it's tough watching that, isn't it? You yeah. can't imagine, I guess, what that must feel like for her, let alone yeah. the family that were involved oh. in this incident. It's one of those moments that you, you knew the subject had to come up. Yeah. You sort of hoped it would. You knew it would. She must have known it was going to, but no matter how much she prepared herself to try and deal with it, yeah, well, I mean, right or wrong, the question was asked, wasn't it? I guess in the lead-up to that, Adam, she had put her feelings on her Facebook page, so she'd made them public. And then the follow-up question came in a, in a sensitive manner, a sensitive manner as yeah. way. Is as it a best... sport question, though? I, I don't accept yeah, that. But it, it affects okay, how so... she's going to play, surely, yeah. you'd imagine. But is, is what colour handbag or what style handbag a yeah, sport yeah. question? They get that every single media conference. So... Having said that, this is her 20th Wimbledon. She's one of the favourites yeah. and her sister isn't there. So it'll be really fascinating to see how she handles yeah, the next absolutely. All right, well, uh, Cricket Australia and its players have officially divorced. <laughs> or is it just trial separation crash? Where are we at? Oh, it's a total shambles, Tony. The Australia A team are in Brisbane today training for a tour which probably won't happen. They're scheduled to leave for South Africa 
on Friday, the A-team, and I can't see any way that tour is going to go ahead. It's been dreadful. If you're marking both sides out of 10 for negotiations, you'd probably give them a three uh, at the moment. And I just... I watched the AFL one with interest. Like cricket, they went past their deadline about eight months. They just let things roll over. They disappeared for a couple of months. They said nothing. They came up and said, here's the solution. And I thought, gosh, they just left cricket. It, it, well, you've dead. got to think if the... If, if the if Cricket <clears throat> Australia have not given in by now, now that players are not getting paid, there is no incentive for Cricket Australia to budge no, a millimetre. Exactly. Only, I can't see anything happening other than maybe the Ashes having some yeah. weird interim solution, but the players eventually have to fold. Because, because well, the players have the biggest disadvantage, yeah. don't they? Yeah. They're the ones not getting played, and surely Cricket Australia knows if, as long as they just hang in mm. there, it has to be the players that back down first. From the bottom up. Uh, mm. Case in point, a Sheffield Shield cricketer I know who resigned from his job because he got a state contract of which this week was supposed to be his first week of pay. Mm. That has vanished <clears throat> indefinitely. He is worried. So they're the sort of guys that are fretting. You notice those guys aren't tweeting much. You yeah, know, ma so. Maybe the guys at the other end who do have the cash, maybe they'll have to throw some readies at those guys. If they're prepared to go the long haul, they've got to put the hand out to all of those guys in that situation, you would imagine. All of those it's guys and girls. Yeah, absolutely. It's becoming emotional and it certainly got a little heated as Ed Cowan was interviewed on radio by Michael Slater. You brought up the pay and that is... Well, it's all about the money, mate. It's all no, about it's a revenue share model that you... That's incorrect. It's about being partners in the game. What is this partnership rubbish? Could, well, I don't, agree, I don't agree with... You're Part playing the right. game, you are a custodian the of the game, That's you are a custodian right. of the game and you have responsibilities to represent the game... No doubt. We're, we're on the same page. And that's why, if we're custodians of the game, why wouldn't we want to be partners in the game? It's all about this partners in the game. I know this, the NRL guys today saying exactly the same thing. They want to be partners in, in the game. But, as you saw, it's an emotional thing now, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, look, I actually agree with Slater on that point. I mean, it's, of course it's about money. When you say, yeah. we won't budge from our fixed... Revenue share. What exactly is revenue? It's money. Look, I must... You don't, you don't rate the revenue share model, though, do you? I have reservations about pockets of it. I really do. I mean, here's one example. Adam, if you pay $100 for your child's registration at club level, $22 of that goes to the Australian players. Totally disagree with that. That money should stay at grassroots level. Don't like it one bit. I'd like to see the negotiation start from the bottom up, upside down. Get, in, get them both in a room and say, Let's, what do you want out of grassroots mm. cricket? You tell me. And, and bounce it and build it up that way. And go the reverse way. Nothing else is working. Yeah. All right. Uh, the Aussie women, the defending champions, continue yeah. to impress in the one-day World Cup, beating New Zealand. This was, got... a, this was a great effort because New Zealand had bought some form in here and our girls had been a little bit sketchy. Yeah. Elise Perry... Doesn't have a great day with the ball, so just goes out and clubs it to all corners. Yeah, for 70-odd. Yeah, yeah, they won it with only eight balls to spare, but never looked in trouble. Our girls are building and building and are going to go very and close to And they had to bat a little bit deeper this time, which is good for them. But then you've got Alex Blackwell coming in at number yeah. six, who's yeah. one of the best bats this country's ever produced. They're looking pretty good, Pakistan our girls. Pakistan next, and then it's England. Mm. Looking forward to that. Love it. All right. Sonny Bill Williams continues to rewrite history, becoming the first all-black to be sent from the field in 50 oh, years. Oh. Look at that with the shoulder charge uh, on the British and Irish Lions player. Basically to the head. That is in that code, and any code really should be 
instant red card and dismissal for oh, suspension. Absolutely. That was his old rugby league shoulder charge, wasn't it, mm. from a few years ago? Yeah. But what I like about the All Blacks, they actually have great understanding and respect for the fabric of the game. The coach and the captain didn't put up any fight at all, as if to say, you're gone. He could have destroyed that bloke. He's a huge man, Sonny yeah. Bill. That, yeah. that, that was really dangerous. The last Kiwi to get the red card was Colin Meads in 1967. <laughs> I think we've got vision of it there. And that's, yeah. Wow. Remember on TV in New Zealand in 67? <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> did, did you remember that, Tony? Hardy, ha, ha. There we yeah, go. I was 23 at the time. <laughs> the, the, the referee with the grey hair there, that's George Clooney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, you, what about his headgear? Serves him right for dressing as a hot cross bun, I reckon. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Germany won the Confederations Cup, beating Chile in the final. Uh, the game really means a lot to the people of Chile. How about this during this semi final penalty shootout? It's actually in a surgery. <laughs> <laughs> Scalpel, champagne. I feel sorry for the guy next door who's having a vasectomy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really goes wrong. Clement Diop is a goalkeeper for the LA Galaxy. After this horrendous howler, he wishes he was in the galaxy far, far away. Look at this. Because oh. oh. he, he goes for a punch. punch. He goes for a double-fisted right. punch. Yeah. Why, a glory punch. Which oh, you normally do if the ball... If you're, not, yeah, yeah. if you're not confident, you can catch it. If it's really swerving, you go for the punch. But then it's really got to pretty much hit the middle of your hands and go back away from you. Yeah, and, and ideally not. not into the back of the yeah, net. No. Yeah. All right, uh, mothers will do just about anything for their kids. Now, this is uh, Lee Hatong. He's putting with an iron, as you can see, <laughs> after he'd done the old toss the putter into the lake a couple of holes earlier, which is just brilliant. Enter mother. <laughs> She's decided. This is how tall. You can see the club. I'm going to get it for him. The great thing is, looks. He'd already broken it before he had thrown it into the. Uh, <laughs> oh, look at the other thing. <laughs> the other players just love it every second of it. She's come out. She's got a bit of swamp on her. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest leech ever on It's the perfect metaphor for parenting, isn't it? You're way true. <laughs> Shite, and there's nothing. Yeah. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> Sophia. If you want to. Don't, don't play angry. Bring this to this week's top five water hazard moments. Brought to you by Kia. How can we not start with the great John Taylor? Oh, just to see those pants. He has hit the great tee shots. So and out it goes into the bay. The best thing is that uh, not mum, but this kid. Wearing yeah. the same pants. <laughs> Glory. Number four, sometimes the water hazard can actually be your refuge. Uh, this is uh, Pablo Lorafabo. He's getting attacked by a swarm of Yeah, no, this is a hornet attack. He's getting stung and so he dives in. Yeah. In the... <laughs> Take the shirt off. Brilliant. <laughs> now, this was uh, Woody Austin. This is at the Players' Championship just a few years ago. Oh, oh, that Exactly. Well done, Woody. Uh, <clears throat> number two. Playing from a frozen lake seems like a great idea. Oh, no, no. Boom. It's a slip and... You take a drop there. He did come down very hard. At number one, the tipsy spectator who was determined to get his hat pack out of... How'd he go? He's got the hat. 
He's got his beer can in his pocket, uh, as you can see, as he tries to get out. Oh, it loses that. <laughs> and just does the little face plan at the end. <laughs> Nothing to see. That man is no Mrs. Lee. <laughs> <laughs> it's not often that uh, you see small kids copying a golfer's celebration, but Jordan Spieth's winning shot out of the bunker. Too good for these two to ignore. Look at this. I love it. In it goes. Yeah, yeah. There we go. And boom. Very high on the cute factor until the head high tackle at the end. Coming up, the first Aussie to wear the coveted yellow jersey at the Tour de France. The great Phil Anderson joins us next. As he rides off in the distance He's up amongst the best the world has seen He's the pride of all Australia And though he rides in their regalia Our boy could ride in any country's team I feel like a twoies I feel like a twoies I feel like a twoies or two Yes, look at that, you know the colour of star if they featured in a beer commercial. He's one of our brightest, the first non-European to wear the Tour de France yellow jersey. Commonwealth Games gold medalist, cycling legend Phil Anderson. Hello and welcome. Oh, thank you. It's great to be here. Did you enjoy seeing that? It's great, isn't it? It was a bit of a surprise, yeah. It sort of uh, dug that out of the archives. <laughs> to always be happy. <laughs> Absolutely. You retired in, in what, 94 from professional? 94, yeah. 94. Do you still get on the pushy? When yeah, was the last time you had yeah, a ride? Uh, on the weekend. I yeah. try and get out a couple of times a week. Do you go so, big distance? Oh, 100Ks is... is uh, you know, Don't say weekend. normal, because it's yeah, not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you smash the ristrettos and macchiatos? I raced for many, many years, and I never drank coffee yeah. until I retired like I do now. You know, there wasn't... I mean, there well, was you were a drinking Tony's before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, having an espresso or something before the, uh, before the start, but, uh, but in Australia and, yeah, in, in this recreational cycling world that most of us live, or the cyclists now live in, uh, yeah, there's coffee stops, you know, not burger stops, but uh, stops mid-ride. Well, we never did that when we were racing. It's what I find fascinating about the retired cyclists, you meet a few and you get them, they're either in two categories, like yourself, but you look like you could hop back on the bike today and compete at the elite level, still rake thin. I saw a documentary recently, Tour de France winner Greg LeMond, mm -hmm. Looks like he's let it go a little bit. Would that be fair to say Greg sort of pulled the ripcord a bit post-cycling? <laughs> <laughs> Three-time winner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you see, you see the same football cricket. You see it in all, in all sports. And, uh, yeah, some people keep the line. Um, you know, I don't know when Greg, Greg rode the bike last. Looks like it's been a while. <laughs> Is it true that you've missed just one tour since 81? Yeah, that's right. So are um, you having massive French withdrawals right now? Uh, not really. <laughs> uh, other than the climate, like it's beautiful in, in, in Europe right now and, and I'm down in Victoria shivering away, uh, you know, stoking the fire every night before I go to bed. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's nice to be here. It's refreshing, actually. It's, uh, you know, being in a, um, you know, an Australian winter... Phil, you were a, a pioneer, of course, on the tour and you held the yellow jersey. Was it true that you were so green and naive that you didn't really understand what it was all about, that honour? Yeah, well, when I first went over, I mean, it's completely different than what, we're, than what we have now. 
you know, now the cyclists go over there, they're, they're uh, you know, yeah, educated, they, yeah, they watch, uh, you know, clips, they, there's, um, you know, live streaming uh, of the Tour de France. When I went over there, I'd, I'd heard of the Tour de France, but I didn't really know what it was about. Um, so, yeah, I was very green. Uh, obviously, I knew what the yellow jersey was and symbolised, but, uh, but really... Um, Did you, you have know, a sense of the history of what you'd achieved? Not really. I didn't wow. even know. I didn't know whether an Australian had led the tour or, you know, a non-European had ever featured in it or not. But, uh, you know, I knew there were some great Australian cyclists before me that had done it, uh, Mockridge and, and uh, oh, you know, I think there was uh, 15 or 20 riders who'd ridden it before me. Uh, none had won stages or, you know, maybe achieved what, what I did. But, um, you know, I was just there doing the best I could. It wasn't... I wasn't trying to do the best for my country or anything. I was just trying to be the best I... I could. I'm just <laughs> loving it. It's an interesting... The whole dynamic, isn't it, with, with the team thing and the individual pursuit, both kind of knocked together in the same thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's different because, you know, I was on a French team, uh, on a trade team. Uh, you know, now there's Australian teams. I mean, English is, the, is, is becoming the most spoken word over there in the peloton, yeah. in the, uh, the group of cyclists. Uh, whereas back then, I never heard an English word spoken. <laughs> you know, so it's just, uh, yeah, it's all turned round. And, um, yeah, like what I was saying before, riders know exactly what to expect when they go over there. You know, it's not like a surprise. Like, I went over there, I didn't know, you know, I was, like, reading up, you know, there's no Wikipedia on how to become a cyclist. I was like, <laughs> well, I'll see, give this a crack and see how I go. Uh, but now, riders, like, you know, the young riders who are... Who are um, you know, ride the young Australians, you know, they can watch live coverage of last year's, um, you know, stage which finished here or there or where they're about to finish today. You know, they're sitting there in the team bus and, and you know, they've got, uh, you know, they've got their tacticians there, they've got, uh, you know, director sportives. They've got, can I ask uh, a question about the fans then? Obviously, your cycling fans love cycling. Have your general sporting fans forgiven cycling? Forgiven from the, the scandal, the oh, entrenched, the, the level of the Armstrong it. era. Yeah, is it over now in the mind of the general public, or do you still sense a reticence? Do some people still think there could be a lot of unseemly stuff? I going think there on? is uh, still a feeling that you know we've all been cheated, and I'm saying from a spectator now. Um, you know, and I, th I think it's you know the scars are deep, and it's going to mm. take you know a generation. People aren't going to forget. It's interesting with Lance Armstrong, isn't it? Because you tried to believe him, didn't you? You really tried to stick with him all the way. And tell us about the moment when you realised, I've been done it. I went down with the ship. Uh, you know, people are telling me he's got to be a cheat, you know. It's the way he, he looks his eyes or, um, you know, just, just his behaviour, his aggression. You know, he's got to be on something. But, you know, he was a teammate of mine and... and prior to him having cancer. And to me, he seemed like an honest and sincere guy. You know, he was a funny guy. He seemed... You know, he's, he's, he's quite a lot younger than me and, uh, you know, he's always hanging on every word I said and, you know, we were roomies quite, quite often and I wouldn't have seen him. You know, I retired then and he came down with cancer and, you know, came back a different person, obviously. But uh, I, I believed that he, was, that he was clean and I wouldn't have believed it until I saw it, you know, with Oprah when he jumped the couch. That was after Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> What about uh, this current Tour de France? What about the Aussie hopefuls, Richie Port, for a start? Oh, they're all clean. <laughs> oh, 
I'm not asking that. <laughs> You've known Richie for well over a decade. He came yes. through triathlons. He's yes. slept yes. on your couch when he was a young kid and whatnot. So yes. has he got what it takes uh, to win the yeah, look, this year? I think, um, you know, I'd like to say yes, but he has, he's not proven yet. He's great in a one-week uh, tour. He's, got, he's had some fantastic days when you think he's going to win the Tour de France. But he hasn't proven. He's always had a bad day. And, uh, but still, he's looking good so far. He lost a bit in the, uh, in the opening time trial, uh, which everybody was a bit worried about. And, mm. and uh, yeah, to be 30 seconds down after two days, it's, it's a long way down. And the very different personality, Michael Bling-Matthews, who maybe, with a bit of luck, could be wearing yellow over the next couple of stages. Uh, unlucky to finish second last night. Yes, second he's, last night to yeah, Peter Sagan. Yeah, um, he gave himself a yeah, well, nickname, Bling, no. and he's got it tattooed on him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a uh, colourful character and, uh, you know, very talented, uh, quite a bit younger than Richie, so he's probably got a few more years in him uh, yet, and I think he could be, uh, I don't know about a, a, a tour, like a, a Grand Tour winner, but uh, certainly green, the green jersey uh, in the future, which would be uh, fantastic. But yeah, his tour's, um, his career's really only just starting. Can just go back to you, in terms, we were talking about fans before, can the fans be annoying for those on the bicycles? They do like to get very close, don't mm. they, uh, when you're riding along? Did you, oh, and taking their clothes off too, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> it's a moving bike rack, obviously. <laughs> 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 well, those sorts of things, can they be difficult for you, though? You've got to be careful where you park your bike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, they can be. Uh, you know, when you're racing, especially at the pointy end like that, you're very focused. Uh, you know, you're only thinking of one thing, getting to the finish or, you know, those, those around you. And you don't really see that until, you know, you, ha you actually do have contact with the crowd, you, you, your shoulders, and, wow. you know, you just hope that your handlebar doesn't get hooked. I think once uh, Lance Armstrong, a handbag or something, got caught on his uh, brake hood and it grabbed his hand, hand, handlebars and he and he Made fell. 100 bucks out of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he denied it for you. I think he came clean on that, though. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Anderson is so good. We could talk for hours. Lovely to have you on the show. Thank oh, you so much great, for dropping great in. Great you guys are covering it. Thank you very much. All right, coming up, our champ of the week is next. Hey, listen, don't try this at home, kids. Unless your father, of course, makes you do it. Uh, just check out Greg Blewett's faith in his tiny son's swing. It's a great swing, but <laughs> it does lose a bang of it. Took a chunk. Oh. Oh. He got good, clean connection. It was just the setup on the nose wasn't right. Much Is like it? his dad, Greg's one of the finest cricketer golfers ever. I think well, he's we're not going to John Daly. Daly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're always going to John Daly. I know. We're running out of time. <laughs> when you want your kids to be safe, you take them off the bike and put them back on a scooter. Unless, of course, it's Ryan Williams and he's doing this kind of gear. Look at that. No. Oh. Look at that. This is phenomenal. Back flip for him, forward flip for the scooter. Back with the handles, lands it. That incredible. is absolutely incredible. But don't try that at home, Harry, if you are watching. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, it is time now for our Champ of the Week, brought to you by Subway. And look, it would be almost criminal to go past our Champ of the World. Jeff Horn stood up to the uh, pre-fight disrespect and a round nine battering from one of the legends of the sport in Manny Pacquiao, claimed that welterweight title on sports great upsets. The former PE teacher 
have to get the maths department now to work out the next paycheck. <laughs> he deserves it. You are wearing that for Red Kite. Red Day this Saturday at the SCG. And if you need any maths help, you can find me here on <laughs> Thank you so much, and thank you so much for your company. We'll see you next week. This has been a production of Fox Sports.